0: age. Um, I currently uh, are working as a teaching assistant in a, a special needs school, which is uh, it's really challenging, but it's uh, really w- rewarding as well. Really great. I really enjoy it. And also part of the team here at Arena, so I'm one of the worship team leaders and one of the leaders at Universal as well. So it's, it's just great. It's just, I count it a real privilege to be able to speak to you tonight, and I really pray that, God receives, uh, that you receive something from God tonight, uh, that your hearts are stirred, that you're challenged and you're encouraged as well. So uh, you might remember we uh, last week we had our Unplugged night here, uh, but before that we had our Essentials series, which was a great series, and we'll be moving on to a new series called The Blessed Life as well. But tonight I'm just going to be speaking around uh, a one-off sort of message, which I really believe is just going to bless and help you, uh, and I really believe it's a principle that we can all learn from, and it's something that will help us uh, as we move on to the next series of The Blessed Life as well. Uh, and it's a principle called shepherd living. Can you repeat that to me? One, two, three. Shepherd living. That's great. Uh, so for that, we're going to turn to uh, Psalm chapter 23, which should be uh, coming up on, your, on the screens. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a great chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Now, is there anyone here who can sympathize with me and agrees that they dislike missing the beginning of something? Yeah? You can all agree. So uh, maybe one of the classic examples is sometimes you miss the beginning of a conversation. So you're you're hearing two people talk and you're walking on the conversation and you get the wrong end of the stick and you're thinking, what's going on here? You know, I'm not quite sure what they're talking about. And that's because you miss the beginning of the conversation. So you don't know what's happening, you don't know the context, you don't know what they're talking about. One of the things that I really dislike missing the beginning of is the beginning of a film. Does anyone agree with me here? Yeah, one of the th- especially at the cinema. You know, I, I when when we're... Uh, almost fell over there. All right. Uh, when... Uh, when uh, we're going to the cinema and uh, we're running a little bit late, I get really nervous. I get anxious because I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm going to miss the beginning of the film," you know. And I don't want to miss the beginning because basically, you know, if I miss the beginning, I might not understand what the rest of the film is going to be about. You know, I'm going to be catching up, and I just hate this situation where you miss the beginning. And there's several films that I can think about. I I absolutely uh, love films. I love going to the cinema. One of the films that I can think about, which the important is really beginning. Uh, the the beginning is really important. Is a film called Batman vs. Superman. Has anyone seen it? It's just out in the cinema at the moment. Uh, basically, it's two superheroes pitted up against each other. It's a bit of a, uh, a smash bang wallop film, in Andy's words. Uh, it's a good it's a good film. But the thing is, if you don't know the beginning, then you don't understand what's going on. So. A lot of you will know about Batman already, you know, it's a story we know about Batman when he's, he's uh, Bruce Wayne, when he's a little kid, he's walking through the st- streets with his parents. What happens to his parents is uh, they're walking along, a criminal comes up and actually kills his mom and dad. And now that that beginning of the story is actually very important because it's part of that story in his life is why he actually grows up and wants to fight criminals. It's why he wants to fight for justice and do that sort of thing. So the beginning, you know, is very important. Another film I can think about, which just got an amazing opening uh, scene, which is Lion King. Anyone love Lion King here? It's such a fantastic film. You know, uh, the music comes up and you go, but all that lovely sort of it's unbelievable. Like, I, I'm, I, I specialize in Lion King-like uh, impressions, as you can tell. You know, uh, it, it's amazing because the music comes up and the sun like comes up right at the beginning. And it just sets the scene fantastically because it, it shows you where you're going. It shows you the setting. It shows you what's happening. And obviously, as you can see on the screen as well, it introduces Simba to the whole pride, to the, the whole area. And it's just an amazing beginning for that film. Now, you might be thinking, why am I talking about films? Why am I talking about beginnings? Well, sometimes I feel we can miss out on uh, chapters in the Bible. We can miss out on Scripture because we miss the beginning. Sometimes we look at Bible verses. We can look at stories in the Bible. And what we do is, is we look at the latter part and we forget the beginning part of the chapter which actually sets up the whole story sets up the whole context for what's going on so let's look back at psalm chapter 23 the first line before anything else it says the lord is my shepherd see what we tend to do sometimes is maybe we can look at this chapter and say oh this is a fantastic chapter yeah it it declares it says you know, uh, he, he lies me down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Oh, it's so peaceful. He refresh, refreshes my soul. You know, uh, it, uh, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We'll look at all these fantastic things, which is great. But we forget the first line. The first line that sets up the context for the whole of this chapter that says, before anything else, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord... Is my shepherd? Can I get an amen in his place tonight? The Lord is my shepherd. First, so uh, that's just something I just want to unpack with you for a few minutes tonight. You might be thinking, well, what does this mean? What does the Lord is my shepherd? What does that mean? So I've just got two points that I, I want to share with you about what is a shepherd, about what is a shepherd. So point number one. Repeat to me. Point number one. Point number one. When we have God. As our shepherd, it means that we know God. It means that we know God. Uh, John chapter 10, verses 14, which is going to come up on the screen, it's a great verse. It says, uh, This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. See, Jesus explains himself as a shepherd. You know, and you know, surprise, surprise. We're the sheep, you know. We're the sheep. We can be ten, you know. We can tend to wander, to 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 go to different places. But the shepherd, there, Jesus explains himself as the person who gives guidance, who gives lead. Also, another part of that chapter, Jesus says, the shepherd hear my voice, and they know my voice. They hear me. If we look back to Psalm chapter twenty-three, we notice that uh, the first line it says, the Lord is my shepherd. It doesn't say the Lord is his shepherd, the Lord is her shepherd, the Lord is their shepherd. The writer David is saying the Lord is my shepherd. And what we have to do as, as, as people is know God for ourselves. So you can't rely on maybe your husband's faith, your friend's faith, your wife's faith, your mom's faith, your, your dad's faith. Whoever it is, we have to find God for yourself. And I just encourage you, whatever... Part you are in your journey. Be uh, intentional about knowing God. Whether you've been in your journey for 20, 30 years or even just a couple of weeks, there's nothing better than knowing God more. I can tell you, there's nothing more than getting deeper into God than knowing God more. Uh, one of the, it's, it's fantastic that we can come here and you know, have worship together, that we can hear a word, that we can have great time together. But the the thing is, is that we can know God here in a church service, but we need to know God outside of the church. See, one of the illustrations that I absolutely love that actually uh, Josh has mentioned a few times, and I've mentioned before, is that when you're making a new relationship, you know, you can get to know someone in a group context. You can get to know them a little bit, but you get to know them so much more when you spend one-on-one time with them. It's the same with God. God wants that one-on-one time with us. You know, all it takes is just, you know, taking some, some time away, you know, opening up the Bible, just being open and honest with, with God, speaking to God. That's all he wants. So point number one, having God as our shepherd means that we know God. Point number two, everyone repeat, point number two, point number two, having God as our shepherd means we surrender ourselves to him. So we're just going to turn to Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 26, which is going to come up on the screen. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain The whole world yet forfeit their soul. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? It's that really strange paradox where Jesus says to actually gain a life, to actually have a great life, you have to lose your life. So for for those of you who know me, you might know that I am... I, I like to have quite structured thinking. I like to put things in boxes and understand where things fit. Like this fits over here, this fits over there, that fits over there. And sometimes we can be like that with God. You know, we can be like, right, God, this is your time on a Sunday. I'm going to spend your time. And then, I'll leave, God, I'll leave you over there, and now I'm going to go and do my thing. But what Jesus says is that he wants all of our life. He wants us to surrender every part of. Every single moment of our lives, He wants us to give everything over to Him. You know, don't restrict God to to 10 minutes in your life. God wants to be a part of every situation. He wants to be a part of every decision, every emotion in your life. It's something that I try to do in my personal life is that even when I'm at my workplace... You know, when I've got a few minutes spare, I just, you know, say a few words to God. I say, God, you know, I'm going into this difficult situation. God, help me. You know, I might say, God, thank you for this opportunity you've opened me. And it's just allowing God to have rule and to be included in every part of your life. So when we surrender ourselves to God, there are two, I think there are two areas we need to look at. Firstly, it's our emotions, it's our emotions. There's a, a meeting that was in this, this week, which was absolutely, uh, it was a great meeting where Phil was speaking to a few of the leaders, and uh, we had a really great time. And one of the things that Phil spoke about that really spoke to me uh, in my heart was uh, about keeping your spirit sweet. What he said was, is that, you know, the truth is we can experience a lot of uh, uh, hard situations. We can, we can feel heartache. You know, we can have disappointments in life. And what he said was, is that even though we have these different situations, these different things happen in our life, that we have to keep our spirit sweet. And I say, well, what, what do you mean by keeping your spirit sweet? Well, what it means is that when you feel an emotion, you, don't, you, you feel that emotion, but you don't run to it. You don't let that emotion rule over you. you know, it's interesting. We were even singing about it tonight. Uh, you know, the, the second song is saying, uh, I'm not going to live by what I feel. I'm not going to live by what I see. See, this is uh, when we give our life over to God, we don't live by all the emotions we feel. But we live of the convictions that God gives us and what the Bible says about uh, about our emotions you know instead of deciding to run to offense or to to run to being upset we say god you know what i'm going to make a decision today to have your joy today i'm going to make a decision that i'm not going to be offended i'm going to make a decision that i'm not going to be in run to to be to be upset but actually that i'm going to move past that and go for what you've got for me um one of the things that I found that I'd even struggle with my, with myself, with uh, emotions, is that actually, um, I'm, in some ways, I can be quite a, a sensitive person. So when I was younger, I used to be a lot, lot more sensitive. Uh, I, I hope and I believe now that I'm a lot more level-headed now. But what used to happen is like one little situation would happen to me, you know, years ago. Things would happen to me, one little thing, and it would set me off. And I'd be thinking about it, thinking, oh, why has that person done that? Why has this happened? I can't believe. It. I'm so disappointed. And the amazing thing is, is that, that person that i walked off, not thought anything about it. And the only person it was harming was me. The only person it was harming was literally me. And God wants us to move away from our emotions, to give the control of our emotions over to God, and to choose not to run to offense, not to run to to hurt or being upset. Another thing we need to surrender to God is our decisions. Sometimes it means when we surrender our decisions over to God, it means that actually sometimes people don't understand the decisions we make. You know, we, uh, we all have... Uh, friends here outside of church. And sometimes, you know, we can make decisions which people don't understand. You know, a big one when uh, I'm at work is people don't understand why I give so much time and money to the church. Like, what? why are you, why are you doing that? You know, that's your time. That, that's your money. You don't need to give that over. And the the truth is, is that not everyone's going to understand the, the decisions we make. So we make a choice that our decisions are going to be based not on what the world says, but on what the Bible says. Amen? We don't make our decision on what the world says, but what the Bible says. So we've spoken about those two points. We're saying when God is our shepherd, he, uh, we know God and also we surrender ourselves to him But I just want to turn back, just for the next few minutes, back to Psalm chapter 23 and reveal some of the things that it says to us, that when we make God as our shepherd, what that brings. So, when God is our shepherd, number one, he provides. Number one, he provides. I'm just going to read through Psalm chapter 21, verses 1 to 4 again. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his sake, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rods on your staff, they comfort me. You notice in that first verse, it says, it doesn't say, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, I think I've I've just about got everything. Yeah, no, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack absolutely nothing. Now, it doesn't mean that God's going to give you, you know, a 20,000 pound car and, you know, an amazing house. And you're going to win the lottery tomorrow or anything like that. But what God is saying, every single need, everything that you need, God provides you know, I'm blown away by the amount of times that I found myself that, you know, God, I don't know where this is going to come from, but God provides. See, when you make God as your shepherd, when you surrender your life to God, He provides your every single need. See, the thing about this is it only comes through trust. Who knows here that sometimes it's, it's hard to trust God, Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to trust God. You know, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know what's going to happen on the other side of the situation. But that's what trust is all about. Trusting God is saying to God, God, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work out, but I hand it over to you. And I trust, as your Bible says, that you are going to give my every single need. And I give it all over to you. See, sometimes we can have the habit of carrying the world on our shoulders. We can carry every problem. We can carry everything. We're saying, well, God, how is this going to work out? How am I, what job am I going to go into? How is this situation going to work out? How am I going to be able to pro- provide the money for this? How am I going to provide the money for that? But God says, don't worry about those things. You know, Jesus even says, he says, look, uh, I even provide food for the sparrows. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to take care of those things. And God invites us to a life of fresh air. A life of fresh air where you don't need to worry about these things. Where God says, don't worry. I have control over everything. Just give your life over to me. And I will take care of it. Do what you can do. And I will do what I can do. Which is far greater than any of those things. So secondly, when we make God our shepherd, He prepares us. He prepares. Repeat that to me. He prepares. He prepares. So verses 5 and 6 in Psalm chapter 23, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell In the house of the Lord forever. It says there, you know, that God, he feasts us with good things. He says, he prepares a table for us. He prepares a table for us to eat. Now, one of the things that I found uh, in my life, that when I surrendered to God, I found an an acceleration in my life. See, I came to a, a stage in my life where I realized that things weren't really getting much further in my walk with God. And I made a decision right there and then. I said, God, I realize I'm not surrendering everything over to you. I'm not giving everything over to you. I'm not giving my whole life over to you. Because the reality was, was, maybe I was a little bit scared. And I wanted to hold on to things for myself. I was insecure. I wanted to have control over everything. But what happened was, is when I made a decision, I said, God, you know what? I'm going to give everything over to you. And what I did was, is for, for many weeks, is like every day, I lay before God. And I said, God, I lay everything before your hand. I give everything of my life over to you. I surrender every single moment, every single word, every single decision. And I, got, I said, God, I don't care what it takes, but I pray, God, that you will uh, shape me, that you will mold me, that you could do things in me that I wouldn't be able to do myself. You see, what happened when I did that is that God actually started to accelerate my journey. That I actually got um, into positions that I wouldn't have got before. That God gave me opportunities. That God actually started to mold things inside of my heart. That actually God started to deal with issues in my life that I'd been struggling with for years. And this was all because I gave it over to God. See, that table, you might be thinking, well... What does it mean you know this this chapter it's saying you prepare a table for me you know well what this means in this context in the old testament from where we're reading for someone to prepare a table for someone else and to eat at a table was a symbol of loyalty and intimacy you see what god is saying here is he said i prepare a table for you to come and eat with me what he's saying is i'm preparing you for intimacy I want intimacy with you. I want loyalty with you. I want to create a strong bond with you. I want to prepare you for something greater. And you know what? I really believe that God is preparing Arena Church for something greater. Does anyone believe that with me? Yeah, I really believe God is uh, uh, preparing Arena Church for something greater. Because when we go into intimacy with God, when we go deeper into God, He prepares us for greater and for deeper things. See, this picture is, is not just of a guest. You know, Jesus doesn't uh, uh, bring someone to a table as a guest. He brings someone to a table as a friend. He says, he invites you in and he says, come and eat with me. Come and talk with me. Come and know about me. Come and learn about me. Come and open your heart to me. He says, I want to know the things that you are in your heart. I want to know what's going on deep down inside your mind, in your life. I want to be a part uh, uh, apart with you. I want to have intimacy with you. I want, to ha- I want to know you deeply. I want you to know me deeply. And I'm just going to invite the worship team just to come back on the stage. And I just really wanted to leave you with a, th- a thought tonight. Uh, just a, a great thought of... Uh, the lord as your shepherd so we read through that chapter and i really believe that sometimes what we can do as christians is that we can bring jesus into our lives that we can start a journey but we can stop in our journey because we don't give everything over to him we literally listen, we miss out that first line of having the lord as my shepherd you know we look for all these other things in our life but we miss the first thing the beginning you know, the first thing that we need to do is say, God, take control of my life. I give everything over to you. God, I surrender everything over to you. Now, just in this, these next few moments, I just invite you, if, uh, just to give privacy to everyone else, if you could just uh, bow your heads and close your eyes.